Hey guys, welcome to the Fit Town Show. This is Coach Andrew with Coach Tony, and we're going to be doing part three today of our All In series, and we're going to be talking about what are you willing to give up for success. So oftentimes when people want to achieve a goal, weight loss goal, a work-related goal, family-related goal, financial goals, oftentimes we're thinking about all the things we have to add into our lives to achieve that goal. We have to make time for going to the gym, meal prepping, grocery shopping, if we want to you know, hit a health and fitness or nutrition related goal. And a lot of times, if we want to be successful, it's more about the things that we're going to be eliminating from our lives more so than the things that we're going to be adding to our lives. Because we only have a certain amount of time. If you guys want to go back and listen to our episode about 168 hours in a week, that will really put this time in a perspective for you. So we oftentimes have to balance out adding things in our lives with elimination. And I recently eliminated a few things from my life. Um, Alcohol and coffee were two big ones that I've played around with in the last six months, and I've since reintroduced coffee back into it. So we're gonna talk about those and and my personal experience with those. Um, But I definitely don't want this episode to come off as too preachy or too much like, well, this is what we did, this is what you should do, too, because it's definitely not about that. And I think a lot of times people will will their way to eliminate something from their life and it ends up being a short-term thing rather than a long-term thing. And we're really about lasting, sustainable success. Um, and it's not just about eliminating things. It's, it's about minimizing certain things that you know you're doing way more than you should be doing to be the person that you want to be. So we want to find that middle ground today where it's not about just like, you know, grind your way. You got to wake up at 5 a.m. and you got to do all these things to be successful. But it's also not about taking no action at all and expecting a different result, right? We know the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. So at some point, if we want to reach goals that we've never achieved before, we do need to change. We do need to evolve. We do need to probably eliminate or severely minimize things that are taking up a lot of time in our life today. And what we want to talk about today is how do we evolve into that rather than trying to necessarily just plant a flag in the ground and saying, well, no longer am I going to have this thing because usually that just sets us up for failure where we end up uh, binging or we return and we return worse than we were before we tried to eliminate that thing. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, sometimes that flag in the ground is not a bad thing. Excuse me. Like when you when you kind of go without something and you really take a stand against something, you actually figure out how much you can do without that thing Mm -hmm. and then kind of move back to a a healthier place with it. So I think that's why uh, challenges are like, you know, the 75 hards become so popular is because people feel that need. They're like, they're like, I am going insane with my increasing weight. Like I need to stop this insanity of repeating the same habits over and over again. So let me put that flag in the ground. Let me make my, my change, my proclamation right now that I'm going to make a change and I'm going to do without this, right? And it may not be forever. It doesn't have to be forever, but it may move like kind of what normal is with that thing. And we'll talk about like our personal uh, things that we've given up over the years and some things we go back to, but we just go back to it with a different relationship. Yeah, it's a chance to recalibrate your relationship with that thing. And I think if you, it, it really depends on the mindset you go into that challenge or that temporary time frame. If you use it as a chance to recalibrate, then I think that's awesome. If you use it as a, a false hope of a permanent solution and not really a plan for how that relationship might change long term, that's where I think people get set up 
for failure and they end up, you know, binging harder on that thing than they did, you know, as soon as that period ends, they're like just dying to have that thing back in their lives and they end up in a worse spot than they were. Yeah. So I wanted to share my, my personal experience recently with uh, alcohol and coffee. I would say it was probably March of this year, roughly six months ago, where I was like, you know what? I just want to kind of go without these things. I was really in a similar spot with both of them where I just felt like neither one of them was really serving me in a positive way. And I was getting to the point where even when I had that thing, I wasn't even getting the temporary moments of feeling good, right? You know, most people with alcohol, there's that, you know, the night of you're drinking, you Mm -hmm. feel great. And then the next morning is the hangover. Well, I just reached a point where where, co- where coffee is needed, <laughs> right? Where coffee becomes a solution. I was reaching a point with alcohol where that period of me feeling good was was feeling shorter and shorter, and sometimes non-existent. And then I'd have the negative effects, obviously, that everyone has of being just feeling a little more sluggish every once in a while, getting a headache or something like that. But mostly just feeling sluggish and not feeling like myself. And I was having similar feelings with coffee where. I was feeling maybe a little bit more jittery or even sometimes more tired having coffee or less focused having coffee and then it's affecting the downstream effects of sleep quality and and not having a regular circadian rhythm and I was like okay is the the negatives just seem to be outweighing the positives of both so I was like well let me just go without these things for a period of time and I went I'd say a good 60 days without touching either I since have now back to drinking coffee consistently again and alcohol. I think I've had maybe two and a half drinks in six months. Like it's been sips here and there. I don't think I've had a full drink since. So the alcohol, I really don't miss at all. I realized with coffee, I did miss it. And I think the thing that I miss most is uh, Nikki really enjoys coffee. Our kids actually really enjoy just like hanging out at coffee shops and getting a muffin and just like, it's a nice family thing for us to do. And we'll go go walk to a coffee shop, ride our bikes to a coffee shop. So it, it was more about that, wanting that aspect back, more so than like, I, I miss coffee so much. Um, but ultimately I, I was able to recalibrate with coffee and, and say, you know what? I think this thing is having a, a net positive impact on my life. I drink my coffee black, so I'm not really adding calories, and I added that back. Whereas alcohol, I'm like, yeah, I still don't really miss it. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people go through that kind of same thing, especially when we talk about the drinking part. It's like people don't drink for just to drink for drink's sake. They drink for the community aspect. They drink for, mm-hmm. oh, if I don't drink, I don't go out with my friends, and then my friends disown me, and then I gotta find some new friends. Um, so I think that's a really big point to make. It's like you know, there's there's like all these different things that we could give up or not give up. Like you don't even have to go back to, you could become a muffin addict and not even be a coffee drinker again. You know, if you wanted that same community feel of coffee shops, right? So like we could change um, our drinking habits, but still go out with our friends, right? We could change um, the people we're around, but still continue the same good habits. Yeah, I think one thing to note with the alcohol is I was someone at one point in my life who was drinking a lot and did really enjoy it. Like if you would have asked me 10 years ago or especially in college to not drink at all, I would have been like, F you, no, I'm not, I'm not gonna give it up at all. Um, and this is kind of a natural evolution of years where I just started to drink less and less and less. So I went from, you know, in the most recent iteration of me drinking, it was like m- me and Nikki go out to a restaurant 
once or twice a week and I'd have a couple of drinks or we're at a friend's house or a party and I have a couple of drinks and probably it was four to eight drinks a week at most. So it wasn't a huge difference for me to eliminate it where there was a time in my life where I was having 20 plus drinks in a week mm -hmm. and it would have been a bigger gap for me to eliminate that thing. So I, I think it, it really depends on the person. And like you said, a lot of it depends on the people you hang out with that can, that environment really can push you one way or the other. Yeah. Um, for me, like I gave up like, and these are all like challenges. Like, so I really do love like talking about challenges and things that kind of make you give up things. Like that's why we're doing this like all in series. Cause it's like, when you want to make a change, like take a stand, like give something up for, for not for good, but for like in, in, in its entirety, just to see, just to try it, to see how you feel. Especially if you never have, I think that's an important point. I think there's people that have given up stuff and they know, they know what their reaction to that is going to be. And there's people that have never given it up. Yeah. Well, or it's like a newfound habit and they don't even realize how newfound it is. Like there was I was going to say there was 21 years of your life where you didn't drink, but okay, maybe like 17 years of your life where you didn't drink, but you got through that part of your life very happy. When did you turn 21? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We all turned 21 at different yeah. times in our life. Um, but like a lot of these habits that we have that we think we can't go without, if you really look back at their, their, their lifespan in your life, maybe you've only had them for like one to two years. Like maybe it's only been like two years that you started drinking uh, wine while you cook with dinner. Right. And you're like, or maybe it's been a couple of years since you like just started having coffee or three coffees. Right. So maybe like you had, you had a good relationship with coffee at one time and you're like, yeah, I just have one in the morning, black, a little bit of sweetener, but now it's three. Now it's calorie filled beverages. Like, yeah. and now it's getting out of control, but it, it feels like a non-negotiable when really there was a time in your life where you were able to do without it. Yeah. And that, the, the thing I wanted to add to that was you can't, predict in the future how you're going to feel about that thing with your current mindset and beliefs today. So the same way that you're saying a couple years ago, you may have had this coffee habit and now you're drinking two or three, like 400 calorie Starbucks a day. You can't predict what you're going to be in another month or two or a year or two. Once you start to make little changes, um, the probably the biggest example of this is people will often say when they start to eat healthier, they start to eat more vegetables, more real food, how their taste buds change. Mm -hmm. And I know when I first started like cutting out a lot of the processed foods, I stopped eating as often. I mean, I used to eat six times a day because I thought I was very hungry six times a day and I thought that I needed to. And then once I started eating more uh, satiating foods that were more real food, I was like, oh, I actually feel good and I don't have to eat six times a day mm -hmm. and I could go long periods of time without food and but I, I couldn't have done that in my old daily actions and habits and belief system although I couldn't just drop it out of the, the drop of a hat and switch the next day it, there was a little evolution there but you can't predict what you're gonna feel like or what your beliefs are gonna be in the future that's so true um, I felt that with ice cream when I like finally gave it up for like a challenge I mean, when you have something like every single night, you aren't sure why you like it really. Like you're, you're like thinking about it. Like I would think about it as I'm like putting the kids to bed and I'm like, what, what, what flavor am I going to have? And like, do I like it because it's like really sweet and flavorful? Do I like it because it's like cold or it's kind of, kind of like a liquid and maybe I'm just like dehydrated at the end of the day, which I think that's what it was a lot of because mm -hmm. 
when I started like drinking more water and giving up ice cream, it was like, oh, I don't really need this every single night. And I don't need to think about it and plan for it every single night. Like, so that was a, that was a big change for me was like giving up ice cream and, and realizing like, I really didn't need as much as I thought I did. And now that I don't have it, I go back to it and enjoy it, you know, whenever I feel like I want to. Yeah, so I wanted to share another non-food, non-fitness related example that we both, is true for both of us, which is giving up fantasy football. And I think where this comes into play with people, maybe it's not fantasy football, maybe it's the news or social media or uh, binging TV at night or being on your phone or email late at night. And it's getting in the way of nighttime routines, getting to sleep on time or really anything that, that you think is going to you know, lead to a happier and healthier life. Um, but when I look at giving up fantasy football, which I was really into for several years and then just kind of stopped a few years ago, most of that came with having kids and not wanting to lose that time. But how I evaluated giving that up was I would notice on Sundays when I'm going to set my team for the day and watch football that if things didn't go well, I would end up more frustrated from watching it than I would, you know, having fun and having a good time. And it was great in the weeks that I won and my players were scoring, but if things didn't go well, like I'd be frustrated Sunday night that would leak into Monday morning and I, I could feel myself not being as happy for like a 24 to 48 hour period because of it. And how I evaluated that was like, okay, am I just, am I enjoying the process or am I just enjoying the end result of this thing? And I think there's a lot of times where we're doing things and we enjoy it when it goes well, or we enjoy it, you know, we might enjoy social media when we find a video or, or an article that really like motivates us or excites us or entertains us. But then 80% of the time you like leave feeling more anxious, more, you know, more frustrated, you lost that time. Like, so I think process versus outcome is a good way for people to evaluate whether think something's serving them or not. And you probably did fantasy football. I know I did. We did it for like, because our friends were doing it. And it was a way to stay connected to friends that you might have moved away from. And yet, like, those, you know, your Sunday got consumed, which had really nothing to do with your friends because it's not like you were watching football <laughs> with them or anything. You were more concerned about, let me beat my friends and, and get the win in the, in the end and get their 50 bucks at the end of the, end of the year. It's not about the money. It's, the, it's about the glory. <laughs> it's about the glory. It's about the, you know, the competition. The trophy. Um, the thing that the other thing that we want to bring to the table is we talked about not willing yourself through how do we how do we actually start to make better choices that push out the things that we know we want to minimize or eliminate without us ever feeling like we have to rely too much on willpower to push those things out so um, i'm currently working with one of the members at the gym to really do a whole lifestyle overhaul with him. And the first step was to figure out um, what are the, the low hanging fruit to improve and where where is he really struggling right now? And we really found out that alcohol is a big struggle for him right now. And the thing that we had to figure out was how much is he drinking? And turns out, okay, he's having 20 plus drinks in an average week. And it's really important to note that like, this is a type of client where if I said tomorrow, I need you to quit alcohol and go 30 days without alcohol, I know 100% he could do it. He could get from 20 to zero tomorrow. 
But if we did that, I know it wouldn't be a lasting change because so much of his social life is built around having drinks with his wife, having drinks with friends, having drinks while watching football with coworkers. And there's, it's really intertwined to his life right now. So some of the things that we're focusing on is, okay, how do we drink more water and make sure that we get that up right now? And let's start there. How do we have more vegetables so he's feeling more full and more just energetic and present in his life? How do we get him focused on, in these social situations, the things about those situations he's excited about that are not related to alcohol? You know, when he's with Mm -hmm. his wife, can he be excited to just catch up with his wife and have a time with her that doesn't involve the kids. When he's with coworkers, can he be focused on like, hey, what can I learn from these people? What can I contribute? You know, or my friends, I haven't seen these people in a while. I can't wait to, you know, catch up and hear about this. And obviously we know that alcohol can help facilitate that stuff. And that's why I'm telling him, don't eliminate it. Don't get rid of it. But let's start to build these other things so we can shift your focus And hopefully it doesn't feel like, okay, if I want to have fun, I have to have alcohol. And, you know, if I eliminate alcohol, I can no longer have fun because that's not an equation that anybody ever wants to decide. And he's still tracking alcohol and as well tracking water intake. Exactly. So we're tracking alcohol more as a baseline metric still, and we're tracking water to get that up. Um, And ultimately at some point, for him to reach his goals, that number is going to have to come off the 20. But mm-hmm. we want to do it in a way where it feels sustainable because we're playing the infinite game. Where we know there's no longer going to there's never going to be a point where he can win and say, "Okay, great. Now I go back to 20 bever- alcoholic beverages a week." Right. Doesn't mean that somewhere down the road he doesn't have 20 beverages in a week because he's on vacation or it just happens to be one of those weeks. But right now it's every week, like clockwork. Mm-hmm. So we need to get to the point where it's 20 drinks a month and that satisfies him just as much as those 20 drinks a week once did. Nice, that's good. Yeah, I mean, you uh, touched on this one too, like social media. I think um, a lot of people struggle with uh, wanting less time on their phones, right? They were like, man, I wanna spend more time with my kids. I wanna be on my phone less. And it's that, that uh, addition equal subtraction rule like as you add more things in like so i have clients that i'm working with and that's what they want to do is like spend more time with the kids and it's like well what can you do with the kids it's like well we can like go for walks we can walk the dog at night mm-hmm. um you know we can uh, can hang out in the backyard and and yeah. you know throw, kick a soccer ball around ride scooters things like that yeah read to my kids right like with an actual like paper <laughs> book like not just on your phone and reading the uh, facebook updates to them like that we're adding things in that helps get rid of uh, you know the phone time and the social media time. Yeah, I think there's there's a lot of this goes back to kind of the fantasy football example. There's a lot of things that we do that have a low they have a low barrier to entry. They have a low startup cost, right? It doesn't cost a lot to flip on a TV to start a show. It doesn't cost a lot to grab uh, a snack from the pantry and you get that quick hit of um, dopamine and that quick boost of energy. But then oftentimes those things that have an easy low barrier to entry or quick startup costs, um, they, they don't have the lasting pleasure effect. And I mean, there's a lot of things in my life that I enjoy that I don't make time for because they feel like they have more of that startup cost. Like I always enjoy reading. I always enjoy writing. I always enjoy breath work and, 
and playing with the kids, reading with the kids. But sometimes it feels harder to start those things, mm -hmm. even though they're not actually any harder. And they're so they're much not. more rewarding <laughs> once you get into them, but they just, they feel different. Yeah. You have to have them set like, and, and have like a routine where you're going to do them each night. Because as you do them more, they become easier, right? They become more of your routine. Uh, I will say though that roller skating with your kids has a big startup cost. <laughs> when you're trying to put gear on every part of their body, it has a big startup cost. But I still do it. If they ask, I'm like, all right, let's do this. A roller skate's still a thing? Can you still oh, get yeah. those? Oh yeah. And nice. knee pads and elbow pads and wrist pads and of course helmets. Cool, I think we can cap this off a little bit with, I think we need to touch on the environment a little bit more. Um, I think there's people, there are, there are, I think people are different. I think a lot of people can do well in an environment that isn't necessarily built for them, but I think the majority of people are going to succeed when their environment and the people they surround themselves with are working in the same direction of them. And I think a lot of people just, make things really hard on themselves by making the environment hard. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if you're trying to quit fantasy football, you probably don't want ESPN.com as your homepage every time you <laughs> log into your phone. And that's a stupid example, but there's probably things you're doing, like your pantry, you look in your pantry, the very first thing you see is, is crackers or chips or sweets, yet you want to you don't want to eat those things yet you're basically like you're making it's like a a lab experiment where like you're you're trying to test yourself every single time you open up that pantry door instead of either getting it out of the house or putting it in a spot where it's just harder to see and you don't mm -hmm. you have to go out of your way to see it every time you know on my phone i know i've done a lot of i've i've deleted instagram and facebook off my phone i've deleted my email off my phone now and i can still access those things from a computer but not having those things on my phone is a completely different environment for me. And it just sets me up for success so much better by not having those things so accessible. Yeah, we've talked about that before, how we move stuff off the home screen or put it in a folder uh, out so you don't see it. Because if, if social media is the first thing you see when you pop in your phone, you're going you're gonna to be in Facebook before you even know it. <laughs> like, it's like when you're driving and like, you go through like, a couple lights and you're like, were those lights green or red? Mm -hmm. like, I, I, don't, I wasn't even there but you somehow got to where you, where you were. Um, and I think like a lot of these, a lot of times these uh, habits, like if we're trying to give up something, or not habits, but like if we're trying to give up something, it usually falls into these three categories of like, is it my environment? Is it the habits I'm doing? Or is it like the commitments in my life? And like, don't tackle all three things at once, but pick something within those three things that like, okay, maybe I can focus on this thing right now. Yeah, I like that. Um, Cool, so I think we can wrap up there. Is there anything else you wanna to add, Tony? That's good. All right, well, if you guys want to dive deeper into this and you need help and you want some, someone like Tony and I or one of our coaches to really help you dive into all areas of your life, not just the fitness side, not just the nutrition side, um, we've started doing more of this coaching, more of this life coaching style of coaching where we're, we're looking at every aspect of your life and seeing where we can really figure out a plan for you to attack that low-hanging fruit and start to evolve into the person that you want to be without it necessarily having to look like a challenge or having to look like this short-term commitment. This is for the long-term. This is really beginning with the end in mind. So if you guys are interested in that, don't hesitate to reach out. Andrew at FitTown.com or Tony at FitTown.com. 
and we'll see you guys on the next one.